2: Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger, and we ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me, of course, as always, is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. Hey, David. How are you
0: doing, bud? I'm doing well i'm i'm fan- no way i was about to say fancy but i realized that was not the right time to use it it's all I an inside joke now too so it's like either. no one understands what's going on what a mess i am gonna stop and uh let's carry on
2: <laughs> well uh listening audience if you want to join in our great banter like the kind that we had just right there you can do so on our brand new discord server which you can find the link to right in the show notes Just click there and join us. We'd love to have you. Uh, Don't worry, Nick's not allowed to talk in there, so you'll be (laughs) free of whatever that was. Enough shameless self-promotion for the moment, because we have to introduce our guest. We have a wonderful guest. Our great guest this week is Genevieve Hassan. Genevieve, thank you for being here.
1: Hi, David. Hi, Nick. Thank you very much for having me.
2: Now, you have a show, Celebrity Catch-Up, Life After That Thing I Did. What is that all about?
1: Yes, I do. Um, so it's a, I describe it as a unashamedly nostalgic podcast where uh, I celebrate much loved TV, music and film of the 1980s to the early noughties with the people that, uh, that created them. So we reminisce about the thing that, uh, that made them famous or the thing that's much loved. And then uh, we talk about what they did. After that thing, so some of the guests I've had have been great, like Alan Ruck, otherwise known as Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Karen mm-hmm. Parsons, who was Hillary from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, I have some some British guests, but are probably not that well known in- internationally. But also have a, a great load of uh, internationally known guests as well. So there's something for everyone.
2: Well, I, I mean, That's you have cool. Nick Frost on there. He's British or not? He's he's known at least. I yes know nick Frost.
0: We, we accepted him in yeah. america
2: uh, but i was listening yes. to your uh your nick uh your alan ruck episode earlier today and it was a, a great conversation
1: oh thank you very much yeah i hit this um so i was a great ferris bueller fan and he has a really interesting story in terms of getting very famous mm-hmm. for ferris and then kind of falling away off the radar a bit because he just got typecast in this role of people seeing him as cameron and um he I mean he describes his career himself as a bit of a roller coaster. And of course he's come back now in succession and it's kind of like come back round full circle. So uh yeah, it's nice yeah. to see.
2: I didn't I also didn't realise he was twenty nine at the time of Ferris Bueller's day off. That's
1: crazy. He's aged very well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he has. <laughs> Is there any guest that you haven't had on yet but you like you'd love to have on, just like haven't had the chance? If you have like a dream guest.
1: Um so uh, I, I do have Tiffany booked to come on I'm speaking to her on Monday mm. of I think we're alone now fame and uh, I'm quite excited about that <laughs> but um, the, one of the reasons why I, I came up with the idea for the podcast is I was watching a rerun of an old music show here in the UK called Top of the Pops and Martika was on which I don't know if you remember her or not mm-hmm. this like from 1989, she sang a song called Toy Soldiers. It was sampled. Eminem sampled it in one of his songs. Um, and I was watching it thinking, oh, I wonder what, what's happened to Martika? What's she doing these days? Uh, so I got out Google and, and did a search. And that was kind of like the idea of, of where the podcast came from. It was finding celebrities who were in something that you have this great nostalgia and affection for and thinking, oh, I wonder what happened to them. But then it kind of branched out into kind of showing how it can go either way where you could either like really rise and like in the case of nick frost and alan ruck can become really big and famous and then have this stratospheric career or you can end up being more like a Martika type person who just kind of falls away and it's like well what happened to them um but ultimately all these people are they may be celebrities but they're still people they're still Mm. human they Mm -hmm. have lives they experience the same thing as everyone else um, no. Happiness, joy, tragedy—yes, <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, and just kind of humanize them a bit and make you realise, actually, yeah, they're they're just like me. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, I achieve that. But some people have got great stories as well, like Karen Parsons, Hillary from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, for the last 15 years, she's been um, working tirelessly for this foundation that she set up to raise awareness of African-American achievement or little known stories of African achievement. And uh, the work that she does is is amazing. It's nonprofit. People probably don't know that she's doing this at all. And this is whole other life that that she has. So I'm hoping that I can kind of raise more awareness of people's stories and say that, you know, they're more than just this one thing that you knew them from in the 80s or 90s. Right.
2: That's, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's a great conversational show, uh, very insightful, and uh, not at all what we do here
0: on this podcast. <laughs> we do like shame in nostalgia, though. We're it's shamed. true. It's true. We're, we're linked, we're linked in that about way. Well, no, to no shame. No, we're No, there's no shame. Sometimes we're maybe a little shamed.
2: Three ninjas just, knuckle just up should have some shame, <laughs> I think. But we have no shame about our topic this week, which Genevieve brought to us, which is Out of This World. This American sitcom is about Evie, a teenage girl who learns that she's half alien on her thirteenth birthday, and that she has special powers that allow her to manipulate the world around her. Often, she misuses these powers and must spend the rest of the episode fixing it. This is the part of the show where we talk about our own personal histories with the topic. Genevieve, you brought it here. You, when you uh, came to me about being on the show, you knew exactly what you wanted to do. It was, it was this show. Uh, So give us a bit about your history with the topic and why you decided to bring it today.
1: Yeah, so I first watched this show uh, here in the UK in, I think it was like 1990. And it was during the school holidays, or we call it the school holidays here in the UK. I think you probably call it like your vacation time when you're just off school.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I've been out of school for a long time.
1: (laughs) And uh, it was on like 10 a.m., week off school, and I just caught it. And I and I immediately loved it. I was like a couple of years younger than Evie was at the time. And I loved the show. And I watched it all through the, the school holidays. And then they kept showing it on TV. And the weird thing is that it ran in the US from 1987 to 91. And mm-hmm. it started in the UK right at the end of it, like back at the beginning. But they showed it every day on TV, every mm. day at 10 a.m. And obviously, when I went back to school, I was like, bereft but I needed to keep watching it so I used to set the video recorder every day record it come home watch it and uh, and I still have all the VHS tapes in my attic <laughs> I've moved house twice and I've taken them with me every single time <laughs> yeah. I just love it so much I'm gonna need these um, one day <laughs> and I was obsessed with this show just totally obsessed with it but the weird thing was that nobody else I knew watched it it was just me I would it, tell people in my class about it. No, never watched it. They'd never heard of it. It was just so bizarre that I felt like I was the only person that knew the show existed.
0: It very well may have been Troy just beaming the show specifically to your team. Maybe.
1: <laughs> Maybe it was. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, I'll back that up and I'll say, and
2: I, and I have a, a great love for old sitcoms. I grew up on a steady diet of them. Had never heard of this one before in my life. Um, at all so my history with it is entirely brief it started uh, when genevieve was like we're gonna watch this for the show and is is come to this point right here nick i imagine it's probably similar for
0: you i i mean i could drag it out a little bit sure um, yeah pat it but,
2: just uh, spinning uh, no, that's
0: that's that's really that's really it i had never heard of the show this feels like a show that like america collectively forgot but like the uk like captured and made it its own like, it just feels like a show but that did just...
1: the UK capture it and make it its own, or was it just me in the UK that not, captured it? I'm changing it my narrative. Yeah, no,
0: I think it, it was just representing the whole of the UK, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I literally have no history with this show. Uh, so that's that, is, that's that. Yeah. Let's see it's if the world has... S- oh, go it's ahead. It's
1: funny that you say that you think that America forgot the show because I posted, I joined like a 90s Facebook group and I said who else remembers this show I felt like it was just me and then posted the, the intro music that I found off YouTube on it and it was like tumbleweed with the responses back so, so yes I think America probably did forget about it
2: <laughs> That theme song
0: Would you
2: Is that like a song that existed before this?
1: Yes. Show? Yeah. Okay. Because I felt yeah. like I'd
2: heard it before, but, I, but the lyrics were so specific about being a space alien <laughs> and like, how boring are humans? And I was like, well, so that, was the, did they write it for this show? And I just never knew that.
1: No, it was a song in the 60s, I believe, but they adapted some of the lyrics to make it specific ah, for aliens. There ah. we go.
2: That's our histories with it. Nick? What is the world's history?
0: I, I think the world also collectively forgot, except for Genevieve's <laughs> um, TV as a child, because I really couldn't find anything. I, I'm more or less shamelessly ripping from the Wikipedia article to say, Out of This World was originally part of NBC's Primetime Begins uh, at 7.30 campaign, which uh, their owned and operated stations would run first-run sitcoms in the 7.30 to 8.00 p.m. slot to counter Uh, their competition, which I feel like is a a sentence that more or less means nothing to anyone. (laughs) Um, After the first season, the show mostly ran on weekends. It received mostly negative reviews from critics, which is weird for someone who brought it to our show and is the only person to have ever actually seen it, um, but would last three more seasons. And uh, that's it.
2: Yeah. And yet, and yet on Wikipedia. So there's very little in terms of history, But there's actually quite a bit preserved about what the show was about, uh, who, you know, who was in it, the guest stars, like very specifically, like here's the episodes the guest stars were. All of the episodes are listed with like their title and their original air date and like the writer and all Like, like people have gone through great efforts to preserve this show in a way to preserve the memory of it and all of it i promise is... it wasn't me <laughs> i mean i'm not you can't fully convince me on that uh, but it also like it's all on youtube that's the only way that we were able to get a hold of it uh, like readily like there is an effort to keep the show around and yet i st- i still find it so bizarre that i had never heard of it and i realize like watching this this could have aired as like a parody of american sitcoms on something it has all the tropes, like, perfectly, plus that weird thing of, like, her dad is an alien and talks to her through a glowing cube. But, like, right off the bat, it starts with this very candid conversation between mother and daughter that, um, that, that just, like, it like felt very sitcom to me, where it's like, I never talked to my parents like that as a, as a kid. I don't know, Genevieve, did you, did, you, did you talk to your mother the way that Evie talked to hers? They seem to have a very Hi. close relationship. <laughs>
1: No, on the uh on the eve of my thirteenth birthday I didn't say to my mum, Look, I'm still flat. I've yeah. got no boobs. <laughs> 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 no changes of any kind. Still flat.
2: <laughs> that was the line that made me go, wait, like, wait a minute, what?
1: <laughs> no, but um I think uh I mean it's weird that it seems that people have forgotten about it because, as you say, the guest stars that were in it, Mr. T was yeah. in an episode of it, um, which, Tiffany, I, which I rewatched this morning, and I still chuckled when I saw it. <laughs> but but the cast as well were they weren't insignificant people that that were cast in it. You know, like Burt Reynolds played. Evie's dad. He well, he I should say he voiced Evie's dad. You never saw him, which I thought was an interesting decision. I don't know if that was like maybe I mean, he was embarrassed to be in it. I don't know. Have you ever
0: <laughs> seen Burt Reynolds in the cube at the same time? How do we know that they aren't
1: the same person? <laughs> well, that's, or, funnily they? enough, by the I think it was like the third season. So Burt Reynolds wasn't even credited Mm-mm. on the show in the credit in the opening credit sequence. He's he's never credited at all. And by the third season, they would just say uh, they'd show everyone and then they would just show a a still of the cube and say and troy as That's himself, himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was it they still didn't even name him so I, it was kind of weird i like were they trying to keep it a secret were they did they think people wouldn't recognize his voice i don't know why they 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 kept him hidden
2: yeah that was a, a gag that i think and we only watched like a smattering of episodes i only saw a bit but if I were to actually like sit down and watch this show all the way through, I think I would get frustrated with them dragging that joke on of like never seeing him. And I imagine like the reason that we never do is because they probably had the money for Burt Reynolds' voice, but not Burt Reynolds' face. <laughs> like, I imagine that his time in a booth is significantly cheaper than like his actual time on set. Uh, right. But even in like the, the the last episode of the show where he's quote unquote there, it is a outline of a person that is that is not burt reynolds by the way like that is not at all like there was no mustache (laughs) on that man's face
0: and but also if you're if you're going to use burt like burt i I imagine was pretty big at the time right but you're not even like crediting him for the role so it's not even like you are sell the show on his name so like why not just pick some other random dude with a I don't know, a dad voice, if you can call it that, and just and just go with that. Like Clearly, he added nothing to the show if they weren't even willing to acknowledge him. That's a good
2: point. I mean, it's at this point, several-time Golden Globe-nominated Burt Reynolds, use him to sell your show.
0: Yeah. Maybe we would have finally figured out what happened in the cliffhanger of season four in the last episode. Yeah,
2: how do you feel about that, later. Genevieve, that that has never been... Do you have any like headcanon as for how that resolved?
1: <laughs> so for anyone that's never seen it, basically the, the the last very last episode, it's Evie's 18th birthday. And as a surprise, her dad comes down from Antarius, the planet that he lives on, to spend 24 hours with her. Um, and uh, his time is up and he's supposed to return home. And this big kind of teleportation device magically appears in Evie's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I need to I need to go. And he's like, where's your, where's your mother? And Evie says, oh, she's downstairs. So he says, okay, I'll go and get her. He walks out the room. Evie's mum comes back and she's like, where's your father? And Evie says, he's downstairs. I'll go get him. For no inexplicable reason whatsoever, Evie's mum sees this teleportation device and says, yeah. hmm, well, I better turn this off and steps into it. <laughs> At which point she is then beamed off planet to Antarius. And uh, Evie and her dad come back, see that she's gone, figure it out. Her dad calls through the cube, Antarius HQ, and uh, Donna ends up being in the cube, saying hello. I'm I'm in this cube, so obviously they've switched places. Um, and that's it. I that's mean, it. when I saw it, I was like, I was like 14, 15 at the time, and for me, this was like a genuine cliffhanger. <laughs> like, oh my god. She's now in Antares! What's gonna happen? We'll never know! Right,
2: I mean, they'd they'd spent so long, because they show in the opening credits, like, sort of show Antares, it's always through shadow, they don't give you any detail, and they have, like, the relationship with the mom and dad, like, play over the credits where his face is always, like, covered, but finally, they were like, well, we've run out of things we can do here on Earth, she can only, you know, stop time, and mess everything up so many times, so, all right, let's actually go to Antares. And then the show gets canceled.
1: Maybe that was always the plan. Maybe they knew the show was going to get canceled mid-season. Mid and I thought, what are we going to do? Well, let's just... And <laughs> let's they, they were hoping
0: that the cliffhanger would like maybe be like, oh, my God, Like I really need to know what happens. Yeah. Failing to maybe realize was only playing in season. one TV in the UK. <laughs> um, yeah. That was also like, let's just say if there was another season, I mean they're still just gonna have Burt Reynolds voice and some weird like Shadow dude like I don't
2: I don't know man i
0: like it's a show where on one hand it had like unbridled creativity and its antics and like we're just gonna have the money tree power this time or that was on a list I don't think they ever actually created money tree but you know but um there's gonna be all these weird reasons why you have an absent father Evie like you get a cube is what you get. And uh, I can make a tiny little mariachi band appear in your room, but I apparently can't come back to Earth for more than 24 hours. I can also summon a teleportation device, but can't summon it back?
2: He had to, he had to get permission <laughs> to get there. He was an astronaut. Like he, it's not like he's just like sitting around doing nothing, and yet he's always available to talk to Evie whenever she needs it. But yeah. he also goes within like, like minutes. It's they have the shortest conversations ever. And he's like, well, okay, bye. And then it just ends.
0: Oh, thanks, Dad. She has such a loving relationship with her father. With her
2: with her cube. Even even when it's like he got me a picture of himself. It is a picture of the cube. <laughs> <laughs> we really stretched that one.
1: The great thing was that whenever the cube was around the house and other people would visit the house. So, the only people that knew that Evie was an alien was obviously her mum, her uncle Beano, and her, her uncle Mick, who later appeared in season four when Uncle Beano mysteriously disappeared and they <laughs> never made any reference to him again. <laughs> so weird. People, for a would see, people would see the cube around and people would be like, oh, what, what's that? And they would call it like a, a candy dish or a talking clock or something else. They'd make all these kind of weird excuses for what it was when people saw it.
2: And why have it around when Evie is the only one who can interact with it?
1: Oh, well, so in the, uh, which season was it? I think it was the end of the, I think it was the first episode of the second season. It was uh, Evie's 14th birthday, and her dad will grant her three wishes. And uh, the first two wishes go wrong, as so they always do. And her last wish was that she wished her mum could talk to her dad through oh. the cube as well. So in the end, it was the two of them that could talk to him.
2: Oh, okay. I want to talk about the powers, because the the Antarans are, like, apparently godlike beings. So it's established, like, Evie, when she's 13, she's going to manifest her powers, because Antarans have them. But then, as it goes on, like, more and more rules and, like, complications are introduced, and, like, she's granted powers at certain times, it, it was just, like, very odd to me that it seemed, first, it's like, okay, it's genetic when you're 13, you get some power. She, she, like, they say she's only going to get one because she's half Anterran, half human, and then that changes as, as time goes on, and they they wanted more plots. But then, like, he can see every time she misuses the power and can then take it away from her.
1: Which, I think it has here. something to do with the genetic link between them, where he's able to... Uh... To, to communicate and feel like he's he's always present in her life because that was one of the things with the um why she could only hear him in the cube and why he he's always there at the drop of a hat he's always ready because it's it, whenever she talks to him the genetic link means that he can hear her so it doesn't there's like some sometimes when she's will just say dad and he'll be like i'm in a meeting i can't <laughs> talk to you right now <laughs>
2: We can only afford Burt Reynolds for five minutes today. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get.
0: Like a genetic cue. So I, I, it's also just funny that apparently he had the ability to grant wishes, um, but he doesn't do it until it becomes plot relevant. But at no point mm-hmm. before that, and you would think this guy who hasn't seen his wife in 13 plus years would maybe want to like, have a device that isn't based on just solely genetics. Like you have the ability to, <laughs> again, I just have to repeat myself. Summon a tiny mariachi band into your daughter's bedroom, but you can't make a cube that runs on more than just genetics.
2: Well, he also has a computer that allows him to print and deliver invites because he like projects himself <laughs> into that robot on her sixteenth birthday.
0: That also came, but just was summoned to Earth.
2: I I love the robot though. That was so like that was so late eighties early again. That like trope, like it almost feels kind of a parody at times. Because there's this big surprise party and this robot's just floating around.
1: I think the thing that i I always found weird about the first, definitely I noticed it in the first episode and, and whenever there has been a party for Evie's birthday, the number of actual children that are at the party are pretty much non-existent. So for the very first episode for her 30th birthday, there are only three children at her party and everyone else is adults. You're yeah. Wow. I'm pretty sure she didn't invite them. What a terrible birthday party.
0: Yeah. Speaking she, of, oh, go uh, ahead, David.
2: I was just going to say, along with that, um, when she was on her 16th birthday and she's talking to her dad and she's like, yeah, we're just going out to dinner with like the six of us. And it's the six like main characters of the show. And it's just like, it's like, these are the people you want to spend your birthday with the mayor, which we haven't even begun to talk about the mayor, but I have so much to say about him. It's just like, it's funny. It's one of those things where it's like, it's like with friends. It's like, oh, my only two bridesmaids are going to be Rachel and Phoebe. And it's like, you don't have any other people in your life at all that matter to you in any way. Anyway, Nick, you were going to say?
0: No, no, no. So maybe piggybacking off the mayor thing, there was like three specific characters that stood out to me. Uh, one of which is the mayor, which I don't think the show really understands what mayors do Not or have Not the power clue. to do, which is, you know, i given how the show handles division or uh, distribution of powers. I can understand it. Uh, also, Beano. Weird name. Um, No offense to anyone actually named Bino out there. I apologize. Um, and also Buzz, who I actually didn't catch. I don't think if they said his name in the episodes I watched, I don't think I caught it. So I had to look it up afterwards. Buzz freaks me out, oh, just Buzz. for starters. He, and I think clearly he was introduced to the show earlier than I think in the um, season one finale that mm-hmm. you had suggested we watch. But he like comes in, It's I, I think, and that one was like, was that the French episode where like uh, Chris is like, mackinac or fancying let's say uh to keep it british <laughs> the um like a a, a a woman who i think is is american but probably you know spent that one month in france fr- French, she, french she went she
2: went to france, france she went to france and found herself and then came back and became Came back and speaks
0: in, in in a french accent and like you know says all the popular french words um, which is ridiculous but also the fact that chris presumably is around the same age as evie so like 13, 14. Uh, And this woman, I think is said to be like in her late teens or early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little creepy. But anyway, at some point, the whole episode is basically like Evie is like, I love Chris. Like, screw this woman. Like, I'm going to figure out I got to be an older woman in order to earn his respect. And then Buzz shows up randomly. I have no idea who this guy's in. And he's an adult and he professes his love to like a 14-year-old, says some weird stuff in an accent no one can pinpoint. No, no.
2: She's, She's 21 at that point. Yeah, she, has, she is.
1: She She's just, bleeped herself into a 21-year-old.
0: Yeah, oh, that's another ability I mean, sorry, she It's has. because she looked totally the same as a 21-year-old. <laughs> they Completely just they forgot put her in shoulder
1: pads and a big hat <laughs> and tied her hair back. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> instantly makes you look older.
0: And, and Chris obviously sees her as a 21-year-old and is still like, yeah, I'm 14, but like I totally got this. Like I can totally win this woman, uh, which is like a whole level of confidence that I didn't know was possible. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, Buzz, Buzz freaks me out. I don't know if you, either of you have any strong opinions about Buzz, but I, I thought he was such like a weird... So And I looked it up later. He's like the manager of Bino's weight loss clinic, mm-hmm. which is another thing that didn't come up on the show that I recall. So just the fact that he just can walk into someone's house and solicit marriage from people and then leave. It's just, it's just such a weird... The Dynamics just wanted to take everything sitcom and try and make it work, I
2: think. I, I had the same introduction to buzz as you did and it was jarring buzz buzz comes on strong yvette
0: ah how beautiful i will have it tattooed to my tongue so your name will always be on my lips
1: (laughs) he's in so he's um he starts off in season one and uh he is seen in almost every single episode and he is the comedy relief where he just gets brought in has a one-liner and then goes out again that's, that's literally his role is to just do that. Come in, make a joke, leave. I
2: mean it's a good role. Good, it's good money for you. Maybe it's did a it.
0: sign of the times, but no one closes the door. Like they leave their front door open or their back door open and they're unlocked. Like
1: And people just go in and out whenever they feel right. like it.
0: Why uh-huh. is the mayor walking into my house all the time?
2: So the, the mayor, played by Doug McClure, who Really, it was only on my radar because of Troy McClure from The Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> what? Just a strange. We mentioned this show has no idea what mayors do because he gives her Evie at one point like the ordinance to like do whatever she wants and just cause a bunch of trouble. I'm pretty sure mayors can't do that. But then he's also breaking into their garage to put a ticket on her on the mom's car, and again. And then later he becomes a cop or security. I'm not, I wasn't 100% He becomes clear. The, uh,
1: the police chief, yeah. That, that's a little bit of
2: a just around. It
1: Only because up. Evie's mom becomes the mayor.
0: Right.
2: Yes, <laughs> and then conducts all mayoral business from her home.
1: From her front room, <laughs> they, yeah. They
0: yeah. couldn't afford a, a mayoral mansion or something. I, I did
2: really like the joke of uh, I'm meeting with the mail carriers. These look just like the, the volunteer fire department. That's because the mail carriers are the volunteer fire department. We live in a small town. Again, it's a small town with like eight mail carriers, but a volunteer fire department. Like maybe look at your budget.
0: (laughs) Also, the the senator that comes... And in the, I think the last episode, to basically say, but like personally says, we're not going to um, honor the the budget request that you have, and then she like blackmails him or something, and he's well, like, it's, okay, it's we'll because it.
2: Troy's there and he can read minds and learns oh, that's that, right, that's right, as a uh, parrot, yeah, a, as mind a parrot. reading parrot, and learns that that uh, the senator is a sleazeball, which commentary,
1: they're they're <laughs> actually quite like it jokes that. um, I don't know, would would seem a little sleazy now if um, maybe if if Evie was a boy. Um, But I I guess you could tell that guys wrote it because there's one episode where uh, it's her 14th, 15th birthday and she's given a choice of like some new powers that she can choose and one of them is to see through walls and Troy gives her a pair of x-ray glasses and she puts them on and she can see out her bedroom through her bedroom wall and sees the sea outside. But then she makes a comment that says something like, um, I've always wondered which girls in the locker room wear padded bras. And then Troy says, uh, so so did I. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I've
2: always wondered
0: which key had the padded bras. <laughs> Me too. <Huh>. Like, <laughs> Dad, are you a – pervert
2: (laughs) there were a couple well so there was also the one where they were at her her birthday and everybody is talking about like the woman in the the golden dress yeah yeah And, and i couldn't tell if she was supposed to be an adult or like a teenage girl that like that went to her school. It seemed like nobody knew who this person was at the nobody party. Knew who she
1: <laughs> they was.
0: specifically say they don't know who she is.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, but uh, that's because Evie's reading minds at that point. Everybody except for except for Chris, sweet little Chris, is like, oh, who is that? She's so attractive.
1: Another birthday party, which is filled with adults and no one of yes. <laughs> her own age.
2: Hey everyone, future David, popping in here with a very special announcement. You can now support us on Patreon. We've had a great first year of the show, and we're so excited to see what's coming up for us in the next year. We have so much that we want to do, and you can help us do it. I want to make sure you know the regular show isn't changing. Nothing is going anywhere. We're not going to change the format. It's still going to come out every Tuesday. All we're doing is giving you an opportunity to support us and also get more from us, more contact with us, more content from us. Here's what you would get. At just $1 a month, you're going to get a shout-out, and you're going to get access to exclusive Discord channels. Uh, You can join the Discord right now, be part of the conversations going on over there. But by supporting us, you'll get access to special channels only patrons get. You're going to be part of the club. At $3 a month, you're going to get the show before anyone else. That's right, people get it on Tuesdays. You're going to get it the Thursday before. And not only that, usually when we're done recording, we chat a little bit more, typically talking about stuff we didn't get to in the show. And now we're going to be giving that to you. We'll record that for our after show chat. It'll be right there in the feed every week for you to enjoy. At five bucks a month, you're going to get everything before, but you're also going to get our special bonus shows. We have a lot of stuff that we're working on and talking about. We're working on a show right now that's going to be looking at remakes and reboots. And we also have a show. That is coming out called Hit Me One More Snack Time, where my girlfriend and I were going to eat snacks from our childhood foods that we we haven't eaten since we were kids and see how they taste to us as adults. But not only that, your shout out, it's not just going to be us being like, hey, you're so great. I'm going to write a haiku in your honor. Don't you want a haiku written about you? Well, you can have one. At 10 bucks a month, you're going to get all the things you heard before. But not only that, you're going to get exclusive streams and meetings with us. You can give us direct feedback and segment suggestions, and you can help pick out topics from time to time. And there's going to be other stuff as well that we'll be doing at these higher levels just as they come to us and the opportunities allow. So you can head on over to patreon.com slash hitme one more time, or look in the show notes, or go on any of our social channels and find the link to our Patreon there. Your support would mean a lot to us. It's going to help us do things with the show that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. On a bit of a personal note, I'm working on becoming a teacher in this next year, and the program I'm in is very intensive. I won't have a job. And so there's some stuff that's just pushed further down the line with the show. But if you support us, we can do it sooner. We can do it now. We can build a better website, and we can expand our conversation about nostalgia to writing and videos, and we can just make more and better shows. But if you support the show, we don't have to wait. We can do that stuff now and do more than we even imagined. So head on over right now to patreon.com slash time. Now, let's get back to the show. I want to talk about Bino briefly because I feel bad for Bino from now like a lens of where we're at because like it was the 1980s and the role that he was relegated to of the fat guy, you know, and there's constant jokes about weight loss and like, oh, I'm down a whole pound. I'm on this new diet where I can do this and I run a weight loss clinic, but I still look like this. I just... I don't know. Yeah, it's it hit. It's totally different today than it it was back then.
0: And it, it is, oh, but
1: but then, you know, Joe Alasky, who played Bino, he was the voice of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Sylvester and Tweety Pie after Mel Blanc died, and he had this you know really pro- prolific voice acting career. Um, so I don't know if they just kind of thought, well, you know, we want this comedy actor and. What, what kind of comedy tropes can we have based on him? And we'll I'll go for the easiest thing, which would be his weight.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I mean, and I, and I like, actually like the actor in the role. He was charismatic. Um, right. You know, he, he's he's like a very charismatic guy. He, now I'm looking him up. He was the grandpa from Rugrats. So that endears me to him incredibly. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and I just felt bad like this guy who obviously is like talented, has good comedic timing, is is like I said, charismatic and charming, just got relegated to the role of like, well, your whole thing is that bad you're, shaming. yeah, you're, you're overweight and you're, you're sort of the father figure because again, Evie's dad is a cube.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That about sums up, you know, and that's the problem, right? Like you can't even really have a super complex conversation about, Beano because that really was just the point of him stuff uh, which really adds nothing to the show a show with such a oh, oh, an out that maybe i would even argue to say an out, out of, of this, this world, world premise uh <laughs> i hate myself um but i feel like there was so much more They claim i'm not gonna give you any examples because i didn't bother to think of them i'm just claiming that the show probably could have done so much more in terms of different comedic aspects than just relying on like the fat shaming role I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure there's more than just fact shaming as comedy. Probably,
1: I think they just needed him to be another, um, another person that would know Evie's secret, so that it couldn't just be her and her mum. They needed right. to have another person who knew about it, so that they could help her get out of scrapes and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. It would be kind of difficult if it was just two people. Um, well, I said before, you know, it was weird that. He just left the show in season four and they introduced this other uncle that they had never spoken about for the three seasons previously. Um, And what was even weirder was that the guy they got to play, the uncle, appeared in an episode in... I think it was season two where there's this father daughter dance that Evie has been going to for the past few years. And uncle Bino has been taking her since obviously her dad is on another planet. Well, she didn't know that at the time, but now she knows that she has a dad who's really cool. She would rather go with him and feels embarrassed that uncle Bino takes her. So she lies and tells him that she's sick. Um, And then gleeps up a fake dad who's cool and hip and slimmer to take her to the father daughter dance. And the, the, the actor that plays this fake dad comes back in season four as her uncle. Oh. It's like, how did nobody notice? She has the ability <laughs> to this rewrite is the guy time. from before.
2: <laughs> and that's, oh, that's opening some dark psychological pathways that we don't we need to go down. Her
0: uncle. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> also, so the, the dad, sorry, this thought crossed my mind again. Uh, the dad has some really unrealistic goals or, 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 What's the word I'm looking for he's really bad with the relationship so I mean so I get in like the background he returns to terrorist because of a war but also like he does abandon his family for like thirteen years without saying anything let's just so apparently she's had the cute they've had the cube sitting around the living room or in the box for like evie's whole life but and doesn't bring it out until she's thirty so she's had well, like because, thirteen because years
2: because Evie's powers won't activate until she's thirteen. So she can't. But, even I mean, there's still the genetic,
0: like what's is it what the whole thing was it was a genetic cube. So I don't know if she would have to have powers for the for him to speak to her DNA. That's so
1: weird. The, the cube activates on her 13th birthday.
0: Yes. Well, again, for a godlike race, that seems like a major oversight when abandoning your family for for So, decades.
1: so I'll just throw into the mix that you see in this one episode, um Donna, Evie's mum, gets all dressed up this one night and she's saying she's going out for dinner with somebody and Evie thinks that she's about to go out with another guy and effectively cheat on her dad. And then it turns out that Donna is actually going out on a date with Evie's dad, because apparently once a year, the planets align and Troy comes down to earth and they meet once a year. And she said, this is the thing that has kept her going this whole time because she, she does actually get to see him once a year. And the episode when he comes down (laughs) it's like he's in a room that's filled with smoke and she walks into it you never see him
0: (laughs) 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 they've really i mean it's not like yeah it's burt reynolds voice but they couldn't even find someone who sounds somewhat like burt reynolds that can just kind of walk in and like be like play the dad i mean like how i met your mother had bob saget playing ted ted mosby's voice basically the entire show you're
2: right and when they reveal that it was supposed to be ted the whole time though the ending was so well received of how i met your mother so you know
0: i mean you knew it was ted the whole time
2: i know but when like they cut then like at the end of the show it cuts to ted telling the story to the kids it's like that's not the voice that i've been listening to for
0: Um, 10 years But doesn't the we're going to talk about how I met your mother for a second Apparently. in the be- in the first episode? Isn't there a scene where like he you see Ted starting to tell the story? Or is it always nope. just a voiceover? It's
2: always just a voiceover. It's okay. always just the shot of the kids on the couch.
0: I don't know why people were upset that. That the actor playing Ted Mosby was the one that they saw. Trust me, that was not
2: that was not why people were upset about the
1: finale. I was
0: just. I know there was other things. Anyway, this we're not talking about HIM. maybe in a decade we can come back to that
1: show. Well, maybe Um, if the Wonder Years, if if the very last episode of the Wonder Years had fast forwarded to the future, if the guy that they played having an older Kevin would have been you know the voice over Kevin or not who knows
2: oh That's man true. if it had been and, I, and i'm trying to think i can't remember which uh, savage brother it was fred uh, if, if it could just cut to fred savage with a mustache like still still pretty young fred savage with a mustache and it was that was the one that was telling the story 10 out of 10 i would great show perfect
0: totally fine so so on so on troy which is apparently such a very alien name troy Troy Garland specifically in the, the, the final episode, the, again, the mayor, the freaking mayor, what is with this guy? Sorry, not mayor, cop officer mayor. Anyway, he, something's being done with his house. Like it's being re- fixed up or whatever. So he just barges into their house basically to spend the night on the couch ghosts, mirage, silhouette, dad shows up and see sees the guy sleeping on the couch and proceeds to beat him up well invisible yeah, pushing man. him out of the house also that the officer mayor basically just is like, okay, whatever. And then just like walks away. Like he's not freaking out the fact that some invisible force is beating the crap out of him out the door. Also just the idea that like I've abandoned my wife for 18 years, but I, they but I'm angry at the idea once that she's a year. Yeah. It was, a st- I, that's all Donna gets. That's all Donna deserves. Apparently.
2: It, okay. Like, He's an astronaut from another planet. What do you think? Like he's just a bum that just decided to like leave one day?
0: I'm not I'm just saying that realistically, like I'm I'm just saying that if Donna, like, in all that time, like the idea of her potentially dating or wanting to move on, I'm not I'm just saying it's a possible human reaction. And that the very least, even if she doesn't want to. Troy doesn't have to show up and beat someone up. Well, I'm sorry you've never That's been in love, Nick. So. <laughs> apparently, I've never been. I'm getting married, but apparently, I don't know what. Yeah, that, what Juliet that
2: means. should really. We should really have a conversation <laughs> with her about this future. <laughs> to
1: okay. give you a bit of background on the mayor for why he is like he is, um, he's meant to be a. Um,
2: he was like a. He was in movies, right? Like a, he's, They're basically
1: making fun of Clint Eastwood right. in his character. So he was in movies. He used to be in in Western films as uh, his career. And then he ends up being in some sort of TV show called Mosquito Man, which is I gotta guess kind of like um the ant, but, <laughs> but a mosquito. Yep. And um and then he moves, he becomes the mayor of, of Marlow, which is meant to be like Clint Eastwood becoming the mayor of Carmel. So it, it's kind of like meant to be a be kind of poking fun at Clint Eastwood. And because he's a celebrity, he feels so entitled that he can get away with all these things. And he expects certain treatment and he feels like he's very important. He thinks he's still a celebrity. That's, that's kind of like where, where that comes from. That's fair.
0: Mare's still super weird. (laughs) I totally get it.
2: You're not wrong. Now I want to know Genevieve, how intense uh, your crush on Chris was, because that's a, it's a hunky boy walking around that show. And after after like the second season he's just in tank tops the whole time and I'm like okay well all right this is what we're doing.
1: <laughs> I didn't fancy Chris at all. He's just I maybe maybe it's like too English but for, from like our perspective he just seems like kind of like a stereotypical surfer guy kind of thing which is not the kind of not what you typically see around in uh in England although I understand now that the guy that plays Chris is um He's been in General Hospital for like the best part of the past like decade and a half, and uh, the Young and the Restless. Oh, we yeah. don't have those shows over here, but this is what Wikipedia tells me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was he was never someone I looked at and thought, mm, yeah, he's he's a bit tasty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just I was so amused that they just started putting him only in tank tops, and and that was like what he was wearing for the rest of the the show. Nick also. Um, that actor, not just on on soap operas, also basically voiced Cloud Strife in everything up into the Seven remake.
0: Steve Burton. Yep. That played Chris as yep. Cloud Strife. Yep. That is about as Lance Bass as...
2: Uh... But he did it like 20 times.
0: Yeah, 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 No, no, no. When I say Lance Bass, I just mean like I, I wouldn't have looked at the guy and been like, that's the future voice of Cloud Strife.
2: <laughs> well, you didn't uh... think uh, you didn't think, you know, kind of messy-haired... Uh, i
0: mean n- now reflecting on it, it's maybe a little perfect um but still never made didn't make that connection but wow okay you're right i don't know you probably or do you know anything about um final fantasy
1: me no okay, okay sorry cool. anyway I, I, I saw the film in the cinema and thought wow they've animated hair really well but <laughs> that, that's it <laughs>
0: <laughs> Final Fantasy is weird because it's like totally, they're all every Final Fantasy installment is totally different. Um, but yeah, the, they did the hair very well. Um, but Cloud Strife is basically this spiky haired sort of moody, but also kind of nerdy, loner guy with a gigantic sword. So now just imagine Chris. You
2: know, In a tank
0: yeah, top. In a tank top with a giant sword. I mean, he hair. actually,
2: Cloud kind of is wearing a tank top. He is in the, the, isn't like the Advent Children tank. outfit? Yeah, I mean, is like it sleeveless. Cuts, it's like a vest shirt. I'm saying tank. that, yeah, they, they must <laughs> well, have gotten him a turtle on turtleneck.
0: It's a turtleneck tank, right? He has a turtleneck. It's,
2: yeah, it's not a great outfit. I don't suggest anybody it's, wears it. It's probably not comfortable. It's, you're anyway. going to be like hot in the neck area, but cool in the arms. That's just not a <laughs> sensation anybody wants. <laughs> wow, we've gotten way off track. <laughs>
0: so it's fun to make the connections.
2: Oh, as we're kind of running out of time here, is there anything we haven't talked about yet that anybody wanted to bring up?
1: Oh, well, I will say that um, uh, towards the end of the the, the final series, Scott Baio, uh, otherwise known as Chachi from Happy Days, mm-hmm. directed quite a few episodes. Oh. And he appeared in two episodes as well. One where he played, uh, I think it was supposed to be some sort of prince of a, Euro- a European country who decided that he immediately wanted to marry Evie and Elope. Clearly, sure. that didn't happen. Oh. <laughs> Not creepy at all because I think she was still like 14. <laughs> right. Um, and this other episode, which was just, I guess, because like, NBC is owned by Universal and like the whole episode was a big promo for Universal Studios. And they go to Universal, the whole episode is set at Universal Studios and they go on a tour, uh, the backlot tour. And uh, Evie and Lindsay get really excited because they see Tom Cruise filming on set. And, uh, and when it cuts to this supposed Tom Cruise, it's Scott Bio, who's playing Tom Cruise, He's like totally pretending to be Tom Cruise at the time.
2: That's pretty good. <laughs> I
1: don't know if that started the relationship <laughs> with the program, but then he ends up directing a lot of uh, episodes towards the end. Although he's credited as Scott Vincent Bio, oh. rather than just Scott Bio. I don't know if that's like his, his serious director name. Interesting. Maybe, we all have one.
0: <laughs>
2: This would not be the only show to do that. I distinctly remember Boy Meets World and Full House both have episodes where they go to Disneyland. And the whole thing is just like, sure, there's like a plot, but it's basically just like, and now we're having a conversation over here by Splash Mountain. And now we're having a conversation like here at one of our many fine restaurants. Mm-hmm. I I, I don't think that happens anymore in sitcoms, but it is like a kind of a funny like 80s, 90s thing of like, Here's a stealth commercial. Look, this family's having fun. Take your family and have fun. You might
1: <laughs> bring, bring your thing.
0: cube dad down to Orlando and have a ball.
1: The weird thing is that in um at Universal on the King Kong ride, which yes. is now no more, but before on the old King Kong ride there's um you're in like this this car that's driving there's a TV screen at the front of your your car that's playing footage and stuff. And part of the footage that they play is an episode about this world
2: mm-hmm.
1: so they um they clearly had some sort of a collaboration deal going on <laughs> with their please early collaboration have w- a whole episode set universal cj's we'll put the show on our ride
0: yeah
2: they, uh, they they probably were trying to boost like the ratings for it like we'll put it in the ride and then people who are a captive audience will be like i want to see more of that cube dad <laughs> the voice of Brooke wow. reynolds you say That is certainly our thoughts there on, well, that's a number of thoughts we have, but now it comes to the point where we have to kind of put them together and ask the question, is this something that stays in the hall of memory or is it worth visiting today? Genevieve, you brought the show to us. So what do you think now at at this return viewing? Is this something that you'll go dig up those old VHSs and and keep watching? Or is it something you're just going to hold on to the memory of?
1: So I... I still enjoy it and I, I admittedly watched more episodes before we had this chat to uh to reminisce um <clears throat> and uh and I still really like it. I think a lot of the jokes still hold up in terms of being family friendly non offensive I will still chuckle at them um you know right, one of my favorite episodes is you know one we've mentioned before where chris you know fancies this older woman so evie gleeps herself older and she gleeps herself into this accidentally into an 80 year old woman's body and she's in a cinema and then she and then this old guy comes and sits down next to her and he says what's your sign hot mama and she says do not disturb which I thought you know was hilarious back then and I still think it's funny now and uh, and then she realizes that she's really old and needs to get younger and right? so she's gleeping herself younger and she says younger 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 and then she becomes 21 and the guy really sits that sitting next to her realizes that she suddenly becomes younger. And then he says, me too, me too, yeah, me like too. Because he wants to be younger as well. I think those are still funny. That still holds up. Um, the fashion hasn't held up so well. <laughs> I mean, that's classic eighties and nineties. Evie's wearing some pretty big shoulder pads in a, a lot. They're of coming back scenes. any day now. Uh, so, so I love it, but I don't know if I am blinkered in my affection for it because I watched it at the time. so, For example, I have a friend who had never seen The Goonies and we were saying, oh my God, have you never seen The Goonies? This film is brilliant. And whenever we watch The Goonies, because they show it on TV here in the UK quite a lot, we will still watch it and think this is still a great film. We gave it to our friend to watch. He watched it and then he was like, what is this? This is not a good film. And I don't know if that's just because he's watching it through the lens of being an adult and can't and not through the lens of a kid, and can't appreciate how fantastic it was at that time, mm-hmm. in that time in your life when you watched it as a kid, when you thought, this was amazing, wouldn't this be great if this adventure happened to us? Maybe not meeting the Fratellis and getting kidnapped, but would you know? <laughs> it would be great if this happened to us. And as an adult, when you're watching it now, you're kind of thinking like, oh, that would never happen, and you're picking holes in the plot and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if I feel the same way about, out of this world and how i feel about it is totally a product of how i felt about it and where i was in the place in my life when i watched it originally compared to you guys watching it now as adults thinking you know like how can her dad not do any of these things like what what, what is what is wrong with this show so i think i think it still holds up but i think i'm blinkered because i remember it affectionately for how I felt about it at the time when I first watched it,
2: I'll say your friend watching Goonies as an adult and being like, "Okay," was kind of my reaction to it. I saw it at nineteen, <laughs> um, which isn't like terribly old, but I, you know, I'm not the like twelve year old kid watching it being like, "Wow!" And I'm sitting around with all these people who are like, who watched it growing up and are just so like enamored with it and how great it is and just like having the time of their lives. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, that was that was fine anyway i'm just you know i'm just saying i get that i get that point and anybody who wants to bring goonies on here let's let's do it i'm ready to talk about it <laughs> nick what do you think
0: i not I, about well, goonies I, about I, out of this world no I, well, i'm <laughs> gonna i'm just gonna say that I, I mean it's been a long long time since i've watched the goonies but i was a big fan of it when i did back then and uh, i bet but, if
1: you were to watch it tomorrow you would still think it was amazing
0: I, I'm i probably not going to watch it tomorrow, but I do want to try. I hope someone does bring it on the show. I hope someone brings putting that out there again, like David. Did. Anyway, out of this world.
1: I'll do it. Um, bring me back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, <yep. laughs> um, out of this world. I, I, I know, and this is, this is the kind of person I am where like, I think I spent the whole episode just finding all the things that were like, why, why, why did they do that? It's so weird. That doesn't make sense. I actually really enjoyed watching it. Uh, I, I I'm kicking myself because like I, I usually will like watch um, shows when I'm like washing the dishes and stuff like that. So I was like, someone would say a line um, like the one you mentioned, and I'm like, oh my, that that's actually really hilarious. And then I didn't write it down. So there's actually several times, more than several times, where the the, the line of dialogue was really really clever, and I and I wish I had brought more of those on. Um, yes, the show is dated in many respects. There was a part of me that was just like. There that there's enough merit to the show that they could bring it back, like do a reboot today, um, and whatever whatever modern fixings are appropriate. Um, probably a CGI Burt Reynolds, which is probably cheaper than you know real Burt Reynolds. Not, anyway, not important. Well, it'd be very um, expensive
2: to get him at this point, considering he's dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh crap! I just forgot. I just totally forgot. That's the case. Um, rest in peace. Um, but anyway, right. they the, could
1: probably just use his uh, script from all the episodes from before, and then get go. all the words put into a computer, spit it back out—a script, right?
0: Yeah, you can do that, that these true. days. That, that they really could. They really could. Um, so anyway, so to, just to to sum it up, I, I did enjoy watching the show. Um, I it might have a Goonies effect based on your example that i think people that maybe not for everyone that that if they watch it um it, it might not speak to them i think if you enjoy sitcoms especially older sitcoms you might see a lot of similar dna in there and you can forgive a lot uh, i don't watch that many sitcoms so i guess as a merit to the show the fact that i was really enjoying it despite not really having a big sitcom bone in my body um it is a positive um but I am kind of stuck on, like, does this stay in the Hall of Memories or come back today? I, I, I'm not. I, I feel like, historically speaking, like, it might be worth revisiting. But sort of, like, uh, does it hold up today? I guess, other than the dialogue, um, it's, it's hard to say yes. that uh, makes sense?
2: Yeah, it is very 80s. And Genevieve pointed out as well, like, the fashion and the look of it is all, is all very 80s. Which can have a little bit of its own charm. But like you, Nick, I had this show up. Um, I watched a few episodes kind of like giving it all my attention. I had a couple episodes up while I was doing some other stuff. And it really worked as a background show, as, you know, a good sitcom does, where this is a show that I think you can totally have up, and you don't need to be paying full attention. You'll, you'll kind of get what's going on, even if you kind of glance up every, every now and then or just kind of hear it running in the background. I thought in that way, it would totally, like, hold up. It's not the best sitcom I've ever seen, but I'm not going to say a show's not worth watching just because it's not the best show I've ever seen. I right. think that if this was on Hulu or something... I was looking the other day. I just really wanted a sitcom that I could put on in the background and while I was doing other stuff, and I, I ended up with, uh, with Frasier going on there. But this would totally be a show that I would throw on and just kind of have running in the background and enjoy some of the antics. I, I didn't see anything... You know, the Beano stuff is unfortunate, but I didn't see anything so offensive that I'm like, no, you absolutely should not watch this. The cast is, is you know, white as all get out, but hey, it was the 80s, so... And then whatever buzz was supposed to be, I don't know, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. All this to say, I think uh, I think that I'm I'm with Genevieve where it's a show that, I mean, if you have a strong love for it, there's no reason why you shouldn't watch it today. And if it ever does come on a streaming service and you're looking... For a sitcom to watch that's a little bit goofy and a little bit weird, put this one on while you're doing the dishes, while you're doing stuff, working on things around the house. It's it's amusing enough that you'll have some good laughs because every once in a while a line would just get me and I would laugh out loud. I think it. I would it, also I
1: caveat different. this by saying that in the 80s in, in England, we only had four TV channels. Mm. So, uh, and it wasn't until 1994. Five, ninety-six. that we got a fifth tv channel
0: Whoa.
1: and right. we didn't have cable it like that was it so the amount of tv that we had access to was somewhat limited so maybe that's why i feel like a lot of affection for this because literally there was not much to right. watch this was it
2: <laughs> I, I this was...
1: was the best of a bad bunch
2: I mean, I was thinking even like before we had the ability to watch whatever we wanted on our screens, you just kind of turned on the TV and were captive by whatever it is you could find to watch. You know, you had a bit more choice scrolling through channels, but it still was like whatever programming block they decided to put on that day.
0: That's true. It it is it I can I could totally see myself if I if I had watched this as a, as a younger person, um, like loving it. I mean, I love sci fi stuff, um, and I think I really would have like just giggled at a lot of the dialogue. So I almost wish that I had had that like younger self to enjoy it and to bring it into my current mm. times because now there's just everything that I've watched and read and all the pop culture and all that that I've just crammed and all the tropes and stuff that has just sort of built up over the years. It's hard to sort of let them kind of put, put them in the background just to enjoy it for what it was at the time. But I, I, like I said, I totally get why you enjoy this as much as you did or okay. and do.
2: You would have oh. chuckled at Troy's joke about having an Andromeda stain.
0: Oh yeah, I did. I did I did chuckle at that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I, I groaned while, while laughing. Genevieve, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. I've loved, uh, I've loved reminiscing over a program that only I watched <laughs> as a child. Oh, well, it
2: was so much fun. And where can people find you, find your works? Uh, people really should check out your podcast. So where can they they dig it up?
1: Uh, so you can hear it on my website, which is celebritycatchup.com, or wherever you choose to get your podcast from, you will find me there too. I hope you enjoy listening.
2: I really think people will. I definitely did. Um, well, before Nick plugs his art Instagram. I just want to mention, cause I don't mention this enough for the show. All of our social media stuff is in the show notes. If you're not following us there, just go to the show notes right now, click on it. It'll take you right there. Please give us a, a follow there. As I said earlier, join our discord shameless plug there over Nick. What is your shameless plug?
0: If you can't shamelessly plug on your own podcast, I know where, I can you know. You <laughs> where, where, where can you be safe? Um, you can find me on Instagram at palblamshazam blam, shazam underscore art, uh, or on Twitter at Pow blam, Shazam.
2: And people can find me, Davla's D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter and Instagram. Find me there. Listening audience, thank you so much for being here today. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!